What's good, everybody? Welcome back to the All Things Basketball podcast. I'm your host, Faith Lopez, as always. And this is a Sunday, just quick little pod I wanted to do since I haven't done audio pods. I've just been dropping videos on the YouTube channel. Uh, By the way, there is below, I'm going to leave a link to the Aaron Gordon appreciation kind of highlight video. I also chopped up some clips from the post-game press conferences uh, where you kind of get just a couple of words of appreciation from a couple of his teammates and his coach, Michael Malone, at the end of that little highlight mix. It was a pretty good vibey video. I really liked it. Uh, It was one of those player appreciation videos that I've been doing throughout the year. Uh, That one obviously was about Aaron Gordon. Hope you guys enjoyed that one. This episode's going to be pretty much just, you know, chill, uh, just me talking about kind of how game four went. Uh, I did like a watch party, had some people over at the house uh, Friday night to watch the game. It was a very exciting game, obviously up until the game just snowballed out of hand. Typically how these games have gone for the heat. Um, they just go cold or once they catch fire, it's like the nuggets just match it and they're already on a roll, right? I talked about on previous episodes how the nuggets just have a smaller or I'm sorry, the, how the heat have a smaller margin of error than the nuggets do. And you know, that's going to just pile up over time, right? Like if you have to play a series close to perfect basketball over and over again, it's going to wear on you when the other team is as deep and talented as the Nuggets are, you know? And I get a lot, of obviously, Heat fans, you know, messages, DMs, phone calls, texts, whatever it is. And it's all, you know, we got this and, and uh, you know, we, we're a resilient team. And, and I agree with all that. I thought that the Nuggets were going to split games on the road. And I thought that this would go into game five, two to two. Right. That's what I really thought. I'm actually honestly surprised that the Nuggets came to Miami and won two games in a row. Um, I really thought that it would be hard to beat this Heat team twice on their home floor, uh, especially with how how they played uh, in game two in Denver. Right. I just I just thought that this series would probably go seven games just because of kind of the X factor uh, for the heat, right? It's always someone you just, you just don't know who it's going to be. And when they shoot the lights out, they look almost impossible to beat. Um, but I really just continue to think no matter what, if it did go seven, I just thought the nuggets were going to win this series and the series isn't even over yet. Um, but that's what it feels like around social media. That's what it feels like. Whoever you talk to, um, and rightfully so the nuggets have a three, one lead. The next game is in Denver. It's tomorrow, obviously Monday night. And it's looking like it's going to be the first title for the Nuggets. It's going to be the first ring for Jokic and for Jamal Murray and obviously some others on that Nuggets roster. Uh, Michael Malone obviously gets his um, celebration if they do win this title on Monday night. And, you know, the Nuggets are just they were the favorite all series long for a reason. Um, This team is just too good. You know, they're just too good. And I've said that for a long time. I think everyone else that's not really a Heat fan has said that all along. Obviously, the odds have supported that all along. It's just, you know, you get monster games from Bam, right? Night in and night out. Bam's been great in the finals. Uh, Bam's had some really bad moments in the playoffs, right, generally. And this was a really good series for him so far. I think that, you know, as limited as he is offensively, he his athleticism and just his ability to pass 
out of the post, out of the top of the key when they're running handoffs with Bam. I think he's done a lot for this team. And I think that there's a lot of, you know, people turning their backs on Bam Adebayo. And I think that that's unfair because this is a guy that's, first of all, he's undersized in this matchup, right? Between himself and Jokic. He also has to cover a lot of ground for the lack of perimeter defense that some of the other Heat players have, right? Like, you have Kevin Love out there, right? He's spreading the floor. He's doing Kevin Love things. And he's certainly causing problems for the Nuggets in this series because he spaces the floor. He can definitely help you rebound. He's kind of held his own defensively. But when he does get beaten, right? When the when the when any Nuggets player like a Bruce Brown or a Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, if anyone gets caught on Kevin Love closing out on them defensively, they're just gonna blow by Kevin Love. And that puts so much pressure on on Bam Adebayo to help guys recover right because he now has to leave Jokic or he has to leave Aaron Gordon and now he has to help right the other Heat players kind of get back uh, and recover in time right to kind of just close those gaps before ne- before the Nuggets can actually uh, do something with those gaps right and time and time again you know Bam helps a teammate teammate kicks it out because the Nuggets share the ball incredibly well and it ends in open threes it ends in free cuts to the basket free you know backdoor lobs like we've seen over and over again to Aaron Gordon it's just a lot for Bam to do for this team and I feel like he really has done everything he can to keep this series as competitive as possible I think that Jimmy Butler's been I'm gonna say he's been pretty good Uh, But he hasn't been great, you know, and people are going to talk about, I don't know, something going on with his dad, whatever it is that that news came out. People are going to talk about the ankle that's kind of hurt. I don't want to talk about any of those excuses because he's given us really good scoring performances, right? And I know that's not everything, right? Like the numbers do lie sometimes. But when I'm watching the way he's getting these 28, these 25 or 20 point games, they just don't feel impactful. Right. Like they're like in the very beginning of the game. Right. He's setting the tone, getting some tough baskets uh, here and there, you know, but it never really feels like I don't know. Like, you know, obviously he hit a big three in the corner. Right. Super contested to end the first quarter. I think it was. And, you know, though he does hit you with some demoralizing buckets for sure. He's done it all playoffs long, but I don't know. You know, I just, I feel like there's been so many moments throughout multiple games in these finals where I don't know where he's at or I don't know what he's doing, right? Just very passive, just kind of letting the game come to him. And in these finals, when you have teammates that are inexperienced, right? In terms of like, you've got these undrafted guys playing important minutes around you, right? You can't leave it up to them to win games, right? You have to assert yourself. This is just my opinion. I think Jimmy Butler, I understand the way he wants to play. He wants to get his teammates involved. He wants to give them confidence. He wants to get them reps. He wants to get them a lot of opportunities. But this team, it goes with how Jimmy decides to dominate. That, that's just my opinion. Like I think that this team gets some serious life shot into them when Jimmy's having a great game. Right. I just think that when when Jimmy's constantly driving and kicking and driving and kicking and driving and kicking, you're going to rely on whether they make or miss shots. Right. And that's not how the Nuggets are going to play you. Right. The Nuggets are going to get the best opportunities they can. They're going to put Jokic in the middle of the floor. He's going to run handoffs with uh, Jamal Murray. 
until one of them is wide open or you know if they draw enough attention they're gonna find someone cutting back door like i said earlier and they're just gonna continue to kill you right with action after action after action and they're gonna keep moving the ball they're gonna get just good looks right throughout this entire series throughout this whole playoff run the regular season the nuggets get good looks more than any other team i've seen this year and that's just because of the trust it's because of Jokic's dominance inside outside anywhere he is right you can't foul him because he can make free throws Jokic is just a massive problem for every team and to watch this team dominate with size versus three-point shooting right like they shot super super well i mean it was 50 percent from three in game four right but throughout the series they weren't shooting the ball well from three and they're also not taking a lot of threes right like i think this was the first time i'm not looking at all the other games box scores but for the most part the heat were shooting way more threes than the nuggets game to game right and that says a lot to me you know the nuggets took like 18 threes i think in game three and they won that game you know and that's because they're going back to just the classic get a better look inside right cuts to the basket post-up possessions just you know the looks that are going to generate the most efficient numbers right like if, if they're just going to shoot threes like the celtics did if they're just going to shoot threes like the bucks did you're going to lose because the heat are going to play really good defense right they're going to close out on shooters really hard they're going to help each other rotate the one weakness the heat have is interior defense right because they're not tall right and, and it's funny because they're a really good defensive team but that's because they just play hard right they play they run a lot of zone they switch to man they mix up their coverages it's really good coaching by Spolstra it's really great effort by this team right just top to bottom everyone doing their part even if they're a subpar defender they're going to show effort and that makes the difference throughout 48 minutes right or however many minutes you're playing on defense so you know this team really just i think that you know once you get past the bam problem you're solid right because bam can only guard one guy at a time right now he can guard multiple positions right if he switches he can't guard everybody right so if he's on Jokic, he can't leave Jokic, right he can't he can't let Jokic leave his eyesight right which puts a ton of pressure on whoever's guarding aaron gordon right like like that's a problem all series long and this game four was a great aaron gordon game right we see the box score obviously this guy showed up you know 11 for 15 from the field if you're shooting 73 percent from the field you're either having a hot night or you got some easy baskets right or obviously you're just one of the most efficient players in the league in this case aaron gordon made three of his four threes right which is 75 percent from three that's amazing right i mean that's that's incredible shooting from aaron gordon i told you guys if you leave him open he's gonna split his threes right like if you leave him wide open Aaron Gordon's a really good wide open shooter right like contested that's a whole nother story right not a good contested three-point shooter but you leave this guy open he's gonna look pretty damn good and if you do leave him open and he missed a couple before he's not gonna let you kill him and he's he's not just gonna keep chucking threes right he's gonna eat that space you gave him and he's gonna try to get some post-up possessions right maybe he passes it and then he cuts a little bit of give and go game sets a screen right some handoff actions like aaron gordon can do a lot for this team right and part of that is because of his size his athleticism 
right? It's not like he's some special, special talent, right? He just takes advantage of his physical tools. The ones that the Heat really lack, right? Which is height, size, and things like that. So, you know, when you have two guys like that, Jokic and Gordon, that could just back you down and just dominate the size and just completely take advantage of that size, that's a problem, you know? Um, You have Michael Porter Jr., who's had a terrible series, a terrible, this is the worst he's ever looked, right? And it comes at such a bad time because it comes in the finals, but the Nuggets are so deep. The Nuggets are such a great team throughout their, just their whole roster. Everyone does a little bit of something, right? That's what makes them so dangerous. It doesn't even matter that Michael Porter Jr. has been bad. And I remember before the finals started, I said my concern was going to be Michael Porter Jr., right? Like his, his lack of defensive awareness sometimes. He makes bonehead plays. He either looks like Tracy McGrady or he's just a body out there, right? Just doing nothing, right? Luckily for him, he's 6'10" right? So he's still a sizable player that you can put on matchups to kind of get some defensive stops, right? He's going to get you rebounds. He's going to get in there and get some tip-ins, right? He can give you some second chances. If he gets to the rim, he's most likely going to get fouled because the Heat are very small compared to him and compared to just the roster, right? You got Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He hasn't been great in this series. He's been fouling three-point shooters over and over again, right? He's been making some, some too, just, he's been just too aggressive, on defense sometimes and sometimes it's good to be obviously it's good to be an aggressive defender but you got to be a disciplined one right and the heat were making him pay very often when they were going around screens right the bam screens they would curl around them and they would stop in their tracks and shoot a three and here comes contavious caldwell pope kind of tackling them from the side right like those kind of plays but either way you know he gets a steal here and there he gets a couple of blocks right he'll knock down a three or two once in a while because he is a streaky shooter You also don't want to leave him open, right? But he's also not just going to stand around. He's going to cut to the basket. He's going to do a little bit of everything, right? And that's what this team has around Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, right? So it's just, this is just so tough. And when you're looking at Jamal Murray in game four, he had an awful game four. It was just that he made some tough shots that that were just demoralizing, right? Just some of those shots he was making were extremely hard right? But look at these percentages, five for 17 from the field, just, ugh, right? Just really bad, but 12 assists, right? He still gets those 12 assists, knocks down all his free throws, and he finished the game with 15 points, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't a crazy Murray game. That's your second best player scoring 15 points on 29% from the field, right? But what do you get from Jokic, right? Wasn't even a great game from Jokic. This was a technically a bad Jokic game, right? Eight for 19 from the field, 42%. That's not good, right? Three for seven from three, which is elite. He knocked that. They left him open a lot. You know, the Heat really kind of trying to gamble on letting him shoot sometimes on some of those coverages. And he made him pay three for seven. That's 40. That's 43%, right? That's more than elite three point shooting. He gives you the 12 rebounds, gives you four assists, right? Not a, not a typical Jokic stat line, but he dominated inside, right? Like he still found his teammates. He still demanded attention. He's still getting things done, right? You get those, obviously those 27 from Aaron Gordon, you get 21 from Bruce Brown, right? Just, you know, it's always someone, right? Game three, it was Christian Brown, you know, just doing a little bit of everything. This team is just, they're getting ready for their first title. It'll be well-deserved, right? From either of these teams, right? Both of these teams, just the the typical nobody talks about us type of teams, 
right? Um, and it's going to be interesting to know like where where Jokic ends up on the all-time big man list, right? Because once you win a ring, I don't care who you are, it really just propels you, right? Like it moves you up significantly on lists in terms of your own position. Because people just think like that, right? Like as soon as someone wins a ring, boom, like it just catapults you to the, the other players in your position with rings. That's just how it goes sometimes. I don't believe in that too much, but I do think winning a championship as the best player on the team, that certainly puts you up on those lists, right? Those conversations. So I don't know where I would put Jokic all time. Still too soon to know. I think Jokic is like 28 years old. So he's very young. He's literally right at the at the point of his prime, right? He's in his prime as we speak. You know, just incredible player, right? Just I don't know what you do about this guy. If you leave him open, he's gonna make threes. I don't want to keep repeating myself about what Jokic can do because we all know it. Um, you know, but just it's just it's crazy. You know, it's crazy how how great. He really is, you know, and and I said this a long time ago, Um, you know, if Jokic does win this championship, we know this is a copycat league. I wonder how many teams are going to try to look for that next big man that you can run dribble handoffs that you that can pass out of the post, knock down threes, score in the post, right? Like we have a lot of bigs that can shoot threes that can shoot just mid range shots and maybe even some bigs that can pass the ball, right? But we don't have bigs that can really score in the post like that, right? Like we have Embiid, we have Anthony Davis, uh, we have some others, right? There's a couple of others, but but Jokic in the post, like he has an amazing floater game. Just that little push shot when he's getting down the lane, like the little runners, they never feel like he's going to miss. Um, you know, he he's a great three-point shooter. Like I trust Jokic shooting a three way more than I trust uh, Joel Embiid, for example. Jokic is a better shooter than Embiid, right? Jokic is a better shooter than, um, obviously, Anthony Davis, right? So that's some impressive stuff, you know? Like, he's definitely one of one. Like, this guy is just, he just does everything for your team. And the only thing he won't do is lock down defensively. But he's improved on defense, too. He's contesting. He's getting back. We've talked about that. You've heard people talk about just his effort, right? Sprinting up and down the court. He lost a lot of weight. He just, I mean, this is the best that we've seen Jokic, right? And he's only 28. So I don't know what's going to happen, right? This is year seven for Jokic. And he looks like the best player in the NBA right now. Um, International players certainly really taking over in terms of who are our top players in the NBA. I don't mean taking over as in there's more of them than American-born players because that's ridiculous. But in terms of like, you know, all NBA first team, once the, the positions are removed, right? Just like I talked about on an older pod and we're looking at Jokic, we're looking at Embiid, looking at Giannis, Luka, you know, Shea's creeping around. I'm not saying Shea's going to make first team all NBA just yet, but you know, I'm just saying, right? Like a Canadian player as well. Like, like there's so many, that's four guys that I named that can easily make first team all NBA for sure. You know, Luka, Giannis, Jokic, Embiid, like those four guys, they dominate statistically. They dominate the game. Just they're easy picks for all NBA, right? Whether it's first or second team, but they've been locks for first team so you know just incredible stuff to watch obviously the FIBA World Cup is coming this summer right Uh, obviously that's not the Olympics right the Olympics are next year 
Okay. Now, uh, I kind of, I want to do a pod about that, you know, kind of do some some international game pods. I'm definitely going to do some of those uh, during the off season just to kind of provide some more pods for, for basketball content. Um, I'm going to try to see what other content I'm going to be putting out on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be interesting to do. Obviously, Summer League. Last year, I did Summer League pods. I did Summer League coverage. I'm going to do, obviously, videos as well for Summer League. Um, you know, so I'll definitely have a little bit of everything. So we'll be covered through the summer. And then, you know, once the season starts all over again. Um, but yeah, you know, last game four was incredible. It was really fun. It was unfortunate to see the game kind of escape the way it did. Um, because I thought this was going to be, you know, it was a close game. It was really back and forth. But the Nuggets really held like a cushiony 10 point lead throughout the game. So, uh, you know, what, like around the third quarter time. Uh, but that's going to do it for this episode. This is the All Things Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Vic Lopez, as always, and I'll catch you guys on the next one.